0: Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday women share real and personal stories of encounters with God. I'm your host, Robin, and I'm here with Dawn, Katie, and Lindy, and at Storytellers Live, our prayer is that you would meet God in a new way through these stories, that you would know that you're not alone, and that walls would be broken down and community would be built. Today, our storyteller is Addie. That's right, Robin. Addie spoke at our community
1: group in Auburn, Alabama, and she just shares openly and honestly her story that began her junior year in high school when she found herself unexpectedly pregnant. She talks about the shame that came with that, the disappointment that she had in herself, and really just how the odds were stacked against her and her now husband. And I just think that it's going to encourage some parents out there. I think it's going to encourage uh, some younger people out there, especially as Addie just ties it all back to God and how he has just redeemed every aspect of her story.
0: Absolutely. You know, one neat thing about this story that we don't talk about often, but we get asked about regularly, is how we choose our storytellers. And you're going to hear in Addie's intro that she talks about when God specifically told her she was going to share her story at Storytellers. But we, what we got on the back end from the Auburn team is that God had told them that as well. But for an entire year, they kept wanting to ask her to share. They kept wanting to ask her, and every time— they would think about asking her, Holy Holy Spirit would say, no, not yet. Mm-hmm. It's not time. And so you'll hear in Addie's story that she talked about finding joy in her story. Mm-hmm. And so by the time the Lord said, yes, now is the time mm-hmm. to ask. She had found real joy mm-hmm. in her story. And, it's just a really, a really cool part of what we get to do that you don't often see. And then lastly, she recorded this back in November, but it's just from the way our podcast works, it's actually going to come out in March, which is the birth month of her daughter mm-hmm. in, in this story. So, you know, it's just fun things like that, that we get to see that y'all don't often get to. We wanted to share them with you and we hope that you enjoy her story. Hi, it's Robin. I wanted to hop on here before Addie's story begins and let you know what we as Storytellers Live are doing right now in the face of the coronavirus and the quarantine to continue to bring you hope and encouragement through Jesus. We are inviting you to join us this Friday at two o'clock central time to hear a live story. Normally we record these in homes around the country, but right now we are bringing them all online to you. So we would love for y'all to join us this Friday, two o'clock central time on Facebook and Instagram. Both of those accounts are Storytellers Live podcast, and we will have a new story for you this Friday where you can join us online and hopefully have some community Talk amongst yourselves in the chat, and then we're going to continue our regular Wednesday podcast, and so those will keep coming, and maybe look back on our old stories if there's an area that you're struggling with right now, whether it's anxiety or financial uncertainty or just grief or loss of, of the normal, and receive the hope and encouragement that these women have gone through where Jesus showed up for them. I was just reminded this morning when I was praying that He is our hope. He is our provider. He is our encouragement and our peace, and He sees us. And so I want to encourage you with that today, that as you listen to this story and listen to other stories, just to find where Jesus meets you just like He did these women. Enjoy Addie's story.
2: So I'm just um, so thankful, and I'm just thankful for the Storytellers team. I have been coming to these since they um, started, and I just think it is awesome, because I mean I don't know about y'all but sometimes I feel like in this world of like social media and like oh their life's perfect and da 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 you know I'm just so thankful to hear other people's stories, and I'm not the only one with a story because there was a time in my life where I thought I was the only one that had a story, and I thought having a story was bad, but I've learned that having a story is a beautiful thing, and it's just an opportunity to glorify the Lord. So thank y'all, and I'll um, kind of introduce my family real quick. So my name's Addie. I am married to Nolan. We've been married for 13 years, almost, and we have four precious children, We've got Libby, who is 12, Sally, who is 6, and um, Lewis, who is 5, and Collier, who is 2. So I've got two girls and two boys, and I remember when we found out about our fourth coming and found out that he was a boy. I just like felt like the luckiest mom ever, and just like, I do not deserve this. So I've got two of each, and just how perfect. But I did want to kind of share a little bit of how I kind of got to this place, because this is not easy for me. So I go to Highlands, and at the beginning of the year, we have a season of 21 days of prayer, and so I remember it was the first Sunday of that season, and our pastor also chooses a word for the year, and he chose um, choose the word great joy, and I immediately heard him speak, like, Addie, it is time to have great joy about your story, and it is time to share your story, and so with just out hesitation, you know, he, he asked everyone to put a prayer request or something they were praying over this year on card, program or whatever, and so I just wrote it without hesitation, and I put it in the bucket. And it, like I was like, okay, like I know it's getting prayed over. Like I was excited, but like I just didn't know how the Lord was going to use it. Um, and during that time, my friend Kristen opened up her home for some Helen's girls to just come and have like a time of prayer. And we were all praying for each other. And I remember Bonnie was praying over me, and she was like, "Lord, I just pray that you would use Addie's story, and that it would reach hundreds of people." And I just thought. Oh my gosh, no, I can't do that. I cannot do that. No, not hundreds of people. Because you know, like how we sometimes have like prayer requests, but like, but, like let's just keep it like in, in my comfort zone. And I've learned I should know better. That is, that is, that does not always happen. So, anyway, so at the end of 21 days of prayer, he spoke so clearly to me that um, he was like, Addie, you're going to do storytellers in November, like, he gave me a month, and he was like, and Brooke's going to ask you, and Brooke has kind of another side of the story, because she ended up asking me, like, months later, after the second 21 days of prayer, but I think we'll touch on that towards the end. Is that okay? Okay, Um, so anyway, so I, like, heard it so clear, and I was like, thank you, Lord, for giving me, like, almost a year to like prepare for this so um anyway so this is just this is not easy for me and um it is just a testament to like prayer works and God's in those little details of our lives okay so I'll kind of like start digging into my story now so married have four kids I am from Alexander City just up the road um I grew up on Lake Martin and um like most or well I don't know like most me I kind of wished I lived somewhere else I kind of like a mall would have been better,
3: <laughs> but I got a
2: lake in my backyard, and um, now that I'm away, I'm like that's that's pretty good. So anyway, so I grew up in the lake. Um, I've got an older brother and a sister. They're eight and six years older than me, and I think I was just like your typical third child, just kind of go with the flow. I was drug around a lot, and just went from you know I was on college visits in third grade for my brother and sister. And um, yeah, it was good. It was just, I had a really normal childhood, very stable home. I grew up in church. Um, I grew up in the Episcopal church. And in the Episcopal church, there's a lot of reciting and memorization. And so um, I probably, I mean, I probably knew every prayer when I was like 12. But I didn't, I really didn't know. I didn't, you know, I could recite them, but I just, I didn't know what they meant. And now looking back, I'm like, I didn't believe. I did not have the Holy Spirit in me. I um, grew up in in church and, you know, everything was good. And I felt like I had everything I needed. So nothing really, you know, I was just, you know, good childhood. But when I got older, the kind of big thing that sticks out is just, I kind of really felt that little sister role, and I didn't feel it like in the best way. I just felt like my brother and sister just kind of like set the bar up here. They were, you know, made they were smarter than me they you know went to good college and I just really struggled with I I mean I kind of just believed the lie of the enemy that like I just wasn't I wasn't good enough I wasn't as good as my brother and sister and so I just I kind of struggled and I'm the personality where I just don't do well under pressure like I kind of I just kind of crumble and so I don't know I just felt that pressure so anyway that's kind of um what's Stood out to me um, in my childhood. But my, um, that was kind of like middle school, high school. But my sophomore year of high school, my husband Nolan, he used to um, take me to school um, because we lived in the same neighborhood and there was not many of us in our neighborhood. So you knew the kids in your neighborhood and he was two years older than me, obviously a boy and he played sports. And so our paths just really never crossed, but our dads grew up together my older brother and sister and his brothers were the same age, and so, anyway, so he took me to school, and I just remember, like, noticing something so different about him. I just, I was like, oh, he's just, like, mature, and just, like, he didn't try to be cool, but he was cool, um, and, you know, just, like, in high school, some guys just, like, do stupid stuff just to, like, get attention, like, he just wasn't like that, he, um, He worked during the summer and a lot of the crew who I kind of hung out with didn't work and so I thought that was, I I just thought that was kind of cool and just different. I remember one time I asked him, like there was a group going to the pool and I was like, you want to go to the pool? And he was like, no, I think I'll just stay at home. I think my mom's going to, you know, cook me lunch. Um, So he was just like (laughs) kind of different, I mean, in a good way. And so he just stood out to me. And so... Um, anyway, so we, that year he took me to school until I turned 16 and we were just hanging out. And the next summer we really started hanging out, but he was leaving for Auburn in the fall. And so, you know, it was kind of like, ah, I want to start like a relationship before you go off to college and have like the best four years of your life. But it just, it just kind of happened. And we, started dating and then he ended up leaving for auburn and i'm starting my junior year high school and so he's he's gone and i can't even really remember i think i I guess we were just like see what happens and so anyway he um he left and a few weeks after he left my world completely turned upside down and i found out that i was pregnant and i can't, can't even explain it other than i felt like i was living in a horrible nightmare i just couldn't believe this is how it had happened we had had sex one time not that that makes it any better but it's you know it was just I couldn't believe that this was happening to me because you know like there's stereotypes to people you know that this happens to and neither one of our families fall under that and um it was just I mean I was in denial for a while and I remember calling and telling him and he was like are you sure he's like a Fiji pledge like He's like, I'm in college, and um, it was just, it was really, really hard. And so, anyway, so I ended up telling a friend, and she was like, "Addie, you need to go to the—I don't even know—it's like the health department. I don't know. It was some horrible place. And so I went, and she was like, "You need to like confirm that you're pregnant." And so I went and confirmed that I was pregnant, and the lady was, like, horrible and cold and awful, and I, like, was like, oh my god, get me out of here. I gotta go home, and so, anyway, so I go home, and I was just, I was so terrified. I was terrified. I mean, as you can imagine, I was just so scared, and so, um, and my mom had kind of, she had, like, picked up on something. She knew something was going on, and I will never forget. I told her, and, um, a weight like lifted because she like responded with such grace and now being a parent like I can't imagine like the just hurt and just like you cannot believe this is happening to your child but she like I mean it was a picture of grace both of my parents were and I was so thankful for that because you know, I know that's not always the case, but I was just, a weight was lifted, but I was still terrified, but just, I knew, I was like, okay, they're going to take care of me, just like they always had, and so, um, anyway, so my parents know, and then Nolan's parents find out, and then our extended family, like, you know, siblings and grandparents, and it was just like, I don't know how to describe it, but it was, it was so sad. It was like, it was so sad because I felt like I had like just disappointed, you know, and already felt this way. Like I was never measuring up and I just was like, I've like let down my whole family. Like my one action has just like ruined my life. I mean, I really was like, my life is ruined. My life is over. Anyway, so any people start finding out, you know, just like any town, it's a small town and it's like, everybody's talking, and, you know, it's really not fun being the one that's being talked about, and it was just, like, it was awful. It was, like, my scarlet letter was just written all over me, and it was just, I mean, it was, it was just really hard to be around people. It was, it was, it was awful. i like, keep saying that, but I don't know how else to describe it. It was just awful, and so, anyway, so we kind of needed to, it's like, okay, everyone knows Nolan goes back to Auburn, I'm like, okay, I cannot go back to high school. Like, I cannot face these people every day. I cannot walk in and know people are staring at me. Like, I cannot do it. I was dual enrolling some classes, so I um, kept doing that, and I enrolled under a homeschool program to finish the rest, and um, a retired um, chemistry teacher, I would get to her house, and she would teach me chemistry, and um, my sweet grandmother she was so hard. Um, she was my math teacher. She was a calculus teacher for, like, 20-plus years. And um, it was the sweetest, most precious time because I felt like I would go to her house. And she was just, like, she's, like, so joyful. And just I learned a lot more than math. I learned what unconditional love is. and And it just, like... Over, it just overwhelmed me. I mean, I would go to her house and she would have, you know, breakfast or whatever. And I felt like, I was like, I could escape the world and all the, what people were saying. And I could just go into her house and it was like my safe spot. And um, she was just, I mean, we already had a sweet relationship, but that just made it so much sweeter. And so, um, so in Auburn We're kind of figuring out some things and this like, my world is upside down. And so we ended up, a family friend was an OBGYN and she told us that she, that she would come and do an ultrasound for, or we could come into her office like after hours. I'll never forget. It was dark outside. We walk into her office and I'm terrified. I'm so terrified. And she does the ultrasound and there's this baby and it even looked like a baby um I was like 12 weeks and she was just like doing the ultrasound I was like this is this and this is this and um I just remember being like oh oh my gosh like I'm just like what <laughs> I don't even care like and she was like you know what? I think I just saw something I you know, I think I think it's I think it's a boy um and I was thinking in my head like okay you know that'll be good because you know when boys when the child's older, like you know I feel like boys are, you know, when you have to tell them that they're you know the story, um they'll just kind of be like, okay, whatever." and say so I was like, yeah, a boy would be great. I'll take a boy." And no one my husband came from like all boy family. I mean, he had like two girl cousins out of like command. like it's a total boy family, and he didn't say this, but I know that he was like, Course, what else would it be? You know, so I just to, I remember that, and she um, sat us down after, and I remember um, she was like, you know, there would be a lot of people that would love this baby. You know, maybe you should think about adoption. And I remember being like, I'm terrified, but this is my baby. Like I'm, there is no way that I'm putting this baby up for adoption. And I know she meant well, but I, I remember in that moment, like, okay, I, I already like love this baby, even though I don't know how this is going to turn out. And so we end up going to like our normal doctor, you know, a few months later. And, um, I don't like, I don't even remember a lot of, this time in my life was a huge blur. Um, but anyway, so I go and have my like mid pregnancy ultrasound and she, they told us what it was and everyone is meeting at my parents' house, um, after for us to, um, tell everybody what it was or what it is. And, um, I remember we walked in and we were like, it's a girl. And um, I remember everyone was just so excited. Nolan's mom was like shocked because she had had all boys. She was, I mean, like boy family. And so she, I mean, she was like in disbelief until like the day she was born, we had, like, all this monogram stuff. And she was like, I'm nervous. <laughs> um, so, anyway, everyone was just so excited. And it was, like, my first glimpse of, like, maybe this is going to be okay. And I remember that night, my mom pulled out boxes of my sister and I's old clothes. And, you know, we were just, like, holding. She's like, oh, you came in from the hospital in this gown. And it was just, like, I had not been excited at all. And it was just, like, a glimpse of, like, okay, this is... Maybe this is going to be okay. And I remember my dad coming up to me and he was like, I can't wait to meet this girl, baby girl. And, um, we truly, I mean, we started feeling, you know, a little bit of excitement. And so anyway, so we, um, Nolan finished his, and up finishing his first semester at Auburn and coming back. And we got married on December 16th and, I don't remember a lot from that day. I remember it was warm. And it was just, it was a a sweet wedding. It was just our family was there and I had three of my best friends there. Yeah, it was just, it was really, it was a sweet wedding. Um, And I remember, I just, we were just so excited to be married because we were doing this like limbo of like, I was driving to Auburn. You know, it was just like, it was just so not what it should be, and so, anyway, we were just so um, excited to be married, and, um, yeah, we were just, we were excited, um, and so, anyway, I kind of wanted to touch on Nolan for a second, because I feel like everyone was, like, eyes were on me, um, and it was, it was really hard on me, but it was, it was really hard on him, too, because he had to drop out of Fiji. He had to leave Auburn and come back home and just the shame with that is just it was so heavy I mean we were both we just carrying shame it was just hard anyway he's just such a man of integrity and he always like he did the right thing even when it was just the hardest thing and I just I'm so thankful that I have a man with such integrity we got married we find a rental um in alex city and um there's not many but we we found one little rental and it it worked um and so anyway i went to the doctor on march 29th and i was 3 centimeters and so my doctor was like we well, i think we're going to induce you tomorrow so i was like okay, okay great and um so march 30th i went into the hospital at 5 a.m. and um she came really fast. She was born at like 10, um, a few hours later. And, um, I just remember when she was born, she had a head full of black hair and they placed her on me. And I just remember being like, Oh my gosh, this is like, it was just so overwhelming. And we just instantly, um, loved her and Nolan, like, you know, grabbed her and walked her. I don't even know if you can do this at other hospitals. Uh, or maybe they came. And he just walked her out to the waiting room. And um, I don't know if that was right or not, but he did. Um, and everybody was just so excited. I mean, obviously, I wasn't there, but, like, seeing pictures. And it was just everyone was just, I mean, we were just so excited. And so, um, anyway, I remember, like, still laying in my bed. I was like, I cannot f- feel my legs still. And, like, my room is, like, surrounded with people. And I'm like, I don't really know her. I don't, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm, like, I don't even know if I spoke to him. And was just like, I was just glad that I survived childbirth because that was a really... That was like a big thing for me. I was like, "How is this baby gonna get out of here?" <laughs> um, and so we, um, so we, um, so we had her. We brought her home, and something that I think is just so cool is her due date was Easter, and I did not know that then. I was just too like distracted, but it is oh God, it is It has just been such a picture of what. God has done for us, you know, through Jesus's death and resurrection, He's given us new life, and I felt like He literally gave me a new life, and I didn't know it then. I wish I did, but um, it is just—I I love Easter, obviously. I really love Easter. So we, anyway, we brought her home, and those first few weeks were so hard. I mean, they were so—we were so exhausted. I had a stage four episiotomy. I couldn't sit. I couldn't walk. I mean, it was awful. I was like, I am literally being punished for what I've done. It was, it was so awful. And we were, and she had colic, or I mean, maybe she did not I don't know. But just, we didn't know what we were doing. um She cried a. I mean, she cried a lot, and she really loved her car seat in the car. And so. I mean we were just uh, we were just desperate so we would put her in the car like in the middle of the night and we would drive around Alex City and it was probably so not safe because we were so tired <laughs> we were like zombies but we would drive around and it would put her to sleep and we were just like oh, finally!" there came a point where I was just so exhausted I mean I would like pass out on the bed, and Nolan was like, oh, "I guess I'm by myself." And he would go and drive her around. And he was like, "Did you know the Hardee's opens at four a.m.? I got his breakfast." and So we were just like, I mean, we were like truly did not know what we we're doing. And we had so much support from our family, but obviously, we were just we were a mess. And so, anyway, so we ended up moving to Auburn when she was like four months old, so we could start back school and. We were um, just super excited to just get out of town, like get out of Alex City. I was just like, I gotta get out of here. Um, and so we move into a town home and get settled and we're just so excited. And I grew up an Alabama fan, so I like this was a little difficult for me. I, and I grew up 45 minutes from Auburn. And I never really I, I never came to Auburn. So I just didn't, so it was like New town, new husband, new baby. You know, I mean, I didn't know anybody. It was, but I was so excited because I couldn't. I just had to get out of. I had to get Alex. Get out of Alex City. But anyway, so we are kind of getting settled. Libby's going to CDO, and we are like, the way we did class. We were tag teaming it. I mean, there were. I know I've shared this story before. Um, but we had classes in louder that were ten minutes apart. And so we would, I would drive my car to the Arby's, which is the Chipotle now. And I would park it and wait for him to come out. We would switch keys. He would get in the car and drive her home. And I would, you know, his car would be in season. zone Like season zone parking, stresses me out. Um, and then I would go to class. And so um, we were just tag teaming. And we had so much support. I mean, our parents helped us so much but we um so we were, anyways we're kind of getting settled we're trying to find a church it's not going very well um so I grew up in the Episcopal church Nolan grew up in the Baptist church um so very different not on our beliefs but just service-wise and I kind of thought since you know he got the school you know I should get the church <laughs> and um did not work that way um he was like, no. Um, and so we were trying to like, we tried to beat in the middle. We tried, I mean, we tried like, I we'd probably been to every denomination that there ever is. And we just, we would go to church and then we would just bite the whole way home. It was just, everything was so hard. And my like whole like fresh start in Auburn was not going so well. Um, it was just, everything was hard. And so, um, I mean, I would go, and I also thought, I was like, okay, I'm moving to Auburn. I'm not pregnant anymore. Like, no one, I just thought, no one's gonna like know my story. And so, um, anyway, um, I would go to the grocery store and buy diapers, and um, the checkout lady would be like, oh my god, how old are you? Why are you buying diapers for? I mean, it was just like <coughs> everywhere I turned. I mean, the CDA people were like, oh, you're the baby center. Oh, my God, no, that is not a compliment when you're a young mom. Like, it's <laughs> surreal. And so, anyway, so now like, I was just not going very well. And so, just overall, I was just, Auburn was, like, not going well. I was just, like, I do not like this town. I don't have any friends. No one's like us. And so, I just became, like, super bitter and just frustrated. And, I ha- you know, it was really hard because at this point, all my friends – from home, you know, they're in college, they're doing what they wanted to do. And I was like, you know, I know that they're not perfect. And I I just, I felt like it was just, everything was just so unfair. I was like, I made one mistake and everyone else is getting to do what they want to do. And I'm sitting here and it was just kind of, I was just like going down that cycle. And we just, we were, it was hard. We felt lonely and I just, uh, I was like, I have sacrificed my whole life. Life, like I've given it my whole life, and like, why is this, why is this so hard? And so, anyway, so we were at a wedding um, one summer, and Nolan's cousin's wedding, and um, sweet Tiffany Cummins, who sadly does not live here anymore, came up. I think I hadn't met her before. She's like, y'all really need to come to church with us, and I have this couple that just has a really similar story to you, and, you know, I think y'all would, like, hit it off, and so I was just, oh, my God, great, and then I found out it was a Baptist church, and I was like, oh, gosh, of course, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but since Tiffany had asked, you know, I was like, okay, you know, it's, like, different when your husband asks you something, and you're like, no, um, <laughs> so anyway, so we went, we went to church, and we met this sweet couple, they were, had a, very similar story to us, and had a little boy that was um, a month older than Libby, and so, and of course, I, like, loved the preacher, Steve Scoggins, whoever was there when he was there. He was awesome, and I felt like I just really, you know, like, I grew up in church, but I really felt like I heard, like, just, it was just simple and applicable, and I just understood it, um, I was like, oh, I really like this guy, and so, For the first time, we just kind of um, had community, and it was really good, and um, I remember (laughs) talking to Tiffany. I don't even remember. I talked to Tiffany this week, and um, she doesn't remember, but I just remember, like, wrestling with my story and just like, what is it? I was just thinking it's so complicated. She was like, Addie, your story is grace, and I was just like, "Uh, okay. I was just like, oh, that was, oh, that was really simple. Like, I'm just making it so complicated. And so I remember I was like, oh, I really need to go home. I'm like, what is grace? You know, I just I missed that message growing up. So anyway, it just really, like, stuck with me. And we just really got plugged in there. And um, it was great. I mean, you know, life was still not perfect. It was still really hard. And so... Um, But for the first time, it was like community is just so good, and just here, we were, you know, hearing truth, and it was clicking, and I was in Bible studies, and I was getting involved, and I was just, through, like, really community, I was realizing, okay, like, other people aren't aren't perfect, and I just was like, okay, I'm not the only one that's, like, done something, or it was just, like, through people just being real and honest, and I just was like, okay this is good. Like, I'd never experienced that before with friendships. Um, and so, anyway, so we're getting through school. Nolan is um, getting close to finishing. He switched his major. He could have, like, finished in three years, which is very, so remarkable to me. Because school was not that easy for me. But he um, still finished um, in, um, on time in four years. And um, it was, like, right after the recession. And so we were just excited. He got a job and he got a job in Montgomery. So we were able to stay in Auburn um, so I could finish school. And I just, I really was, truthfully, I was just not into school. I was kind of getting, we were just living in this limbo life for so long that I was just like, I was like, oh, I finally have a husband that goes to work instead of class. Like there was just some normalcy that was like coming. And so I was just like, oh, you know, I was like looking at other families. I was like, I really just want another baby. No one thought it was insane. You are so great. you were crazy. No, we're not having another baby. Um, and so anyway, it ended up I still went to school because it was just I was really carrying that like I can't disappoint my family again and be like, Oh, I'm quitting school too. Um, I just felt just This pressure. And um, so I kept going and I was part-time. And then I ended up just like was like, I cannot, I cannot do this. Um, and at this point, Nolan had been working for a year and he had switched jobs, which um allowed me to be like a little bit more flexible. And so um anyway, so we ended up having another baby when um Libby was five. We had our sweet Sally, and um, I just remember, like, when she was born, I was just like, oh, I've got two girls, and I really just, like, soaked it up. Like, I, I even loved waking up with her in the middle of the night. Like, I just, I was just like, oh, this is, like, my second chance. And so, and then after that, we ended up having Lewis 18 months later, and then Collier two and a half years later. So we just kind of started spitting out the babies. Um, and I don't want it to sound like... I deserve them. It is so the opposite. That is just um, how gracious our God is. And it's um, a gift that we don't deserve. And through just all the hard in our life, um, I feel like we, you know, we were obedient and it was hard and awful. And I didn't think my marriage was going to make it at times. But he is just, oh gosh, he has, like, redeemed so many areas in my life. He has um, given me friendships. I mean, I thought I would never have friends. I thought people would, like, run when they heard my story. And then it's this total opposite. And it's just, like, um, it's such a gift to me. Um, And he has just redeemed, I mean, Auburn. Like, I love this town so much. I, like, so did not like it 13 years ago. It was, like, the worst place. And... Um, I love it, and he has just redeemed our marriage. It is so far from perfect, um, and we had, like, the odds stacked against us, but we we have fought, and, um, yeah, I'm just so thankful. I want to share a verse um, real quick just because I feel like it really kind of sums up. Um, so it's Romans 8. nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And to me, that is just such a picture of like nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Oh, and the, I do you want to have another scripture that's on the cards that y'all are going to get? And I like love this verse. I feel like it is just my life verse and it's Acts twenty twenty four. However, I consider my life... Worth nothing to me, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace.
0: Addie starts her story by saying, I thought having a story was a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And by the end of her story, she references Acts 20 and says, testifying to the good news of God's grace. Mm -hmm. And doesn't that sum up
3: storytellers? Yes, absolutely.
0: So often we think our story is, it has to be bad or it has to be hard. or it, And at the end of the day, it's just sharing
3: what God has done in our lives. Right. And everybody has a story. Like that's has kind of our story. joke around here. You know, yeah. everybody has a story, right. but but truly everyone does. And it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And I think
1: realizing you have a story comes when you've got perspective, which we discussed before. But um, I was actually... Um, parenting my child on this last line, actually reminding myself <laughs> of this, but when things don't go our way, we can kind of sink into that victim mentality, which I really feel like That's Addie's dealt she, with when she yeah. when she got bitter, right? Mm-hmm. When you get because bitter she was listening. like, "Why am I having to suffer through right. this when all of my friends, you right. know, are just living their lives and having Letting a good time?" And just a reminder of like, we can't live in our mistakes. We have to move forward. Mm -hmm. We can use these stories for his glory and for our own good.
3: Well, and you know, everybody has a story and having a story is a good thing. And a lot of times we think just because God's in it, it's going to be nice and beautiful and fluffy and, you know, a garden of wonderfulness. No, (laughs) she said it was hard. It was Mm -hmm. a struggle. And that is where She found him. That's
1: one of the things that I really liked about her honesty through that was, you know, some people would say, well, and I chose to keep the baby and we got married and and God was so good to us. But she said over and over again, this was a struggle. Mm-hmm. And I think she even said again, I don't want anyone to think that this was easy. She just kept saying that, that it was hard. Mm-hmm. But God, as mm-hmm. God's word often says, but God, but God just weaved you know, his grace and mercy throughout it. Mm-hmm. And she now can look back over those years and just see the redemption that came through that. And I know, you know Romans 8 is probably a familiar chapter for a lot of people. I think a lot of our storytellers reference Romans 8. And she started with verse 35, but if you go back to 28, which is a familiar verse for a lot of people, that God does work all things for good, who have been called according to his purpose, but what we don't follow, what is his purpose? His purpose is to be like Christ. I think I've mentioned that before, even on the podcast, (laughs) you know, it's just that God is constantly wanting us to be more like Jesus and it's not an
3: easy road to travel, but it's a rewarding road to be on. A lot of Addie's freedom, I felt like in the story, came from community. Again, we keep coming back to that topic yes. of, you know, she said through community, I realized I'm not the only one. And again, going back to storytellers, our hope is that you listen to these different stories and you feel like I'm not the only one. And she realized You're- not everybody's perfect. Yes, <laughs> yes. exactly.
0: Yes. Sitting, in-
3: yes. Sitting
0: in that room of women going, oh... How about that? It's not just me. And I do want to give a quick shout out to her, to her parents and to Nolan's
1: parents. What an example of God's unconditional love and pointing them back to
3: God's plan. Mm-hmm. I know, as, know as, a, it was, as a mom of older kids, I think, ooh, would I be grace-filled like that? What would my reaction be? I mean, that that truly was, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Something. But hearing these
1: stories is so eye-opening for us as parents to mm-hmm. to, to move our focus and our gaze.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for joining us this week. And we ask again that you would go on iTunes and if you want to subscribe to our story. So they come every week into your inbox on your phone and you can subscribe, rate, review, share with your friends. Find us on Instagram at Storytellers Live Podcast or on Facebook at Storytellers Live Check out our website, StorytellersLive.org, and you can find out if there's a gathering in your city or anywhere close by. I don't know if you know this, but all are welcome. You can mm-hmm. always just show up at any city at any given time. We do get a lot of questions of, do I have to RSVP or do I have to exit only certain people invited? And No, you're all welcome. So if you're listening and there's a Storytellers near you, drop on in. Everybody would love to have you. And have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week.